0: Hi everyone, my name is PK and here I've got Emmanuel from AH Jackson. He's a partner at that firm and we're going to go through tax and accounting. Like I know it's kind of boring (laughs) for some people, but for Emmanuel and myself, it's completely not boring because this is a game changer to save tax, to protect your assets and just structure things properly for property investors. So if you're an established property investor, or you're a brand new property investor, these kinds of conversations, these kinds of strategy discussions should come even before selecting suburbs, all right? This is preliminary. So the next 10, 15 minutes, we'll be, you know, I'm putting pressure here on Emmanuel. He'll be dropping some, some value bombs. So make sure you stick around till the end. Do you want to
1: achieve wealth and passive income through property investing? P.K. Gupta, host of Oz Property Investment Mastery, will help you achieve passive income by buying top 5% growth and positive cash flow property and building a portfolio using data without you wasting months of time doing research, spending weekends at inspections, or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents each time. So if you are confused and overwhelmed by the amount of contradictory information available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you.
0: Without sort of further ado, Emmanuel, thank you. I'm very grateful, so obviously, for you to make the time. No worries. Thank you for
1: having me, P.K. It's a pleasure. Um,
0: and I should also just add, Emmanuel, I've I've worked with um, a bit now, and you know he's not sort of just some run of the mill. <laughs> he probably won't be like me saying this. He's not sort of sort of just some run of the mill accountant. You know, he's he's kind of top shelf um, sort of stuff. So, you know, it's it's actually uh, you know this kind of content. You it's pretty it's pretty honourable, and I'm I'm very grateful for you for no your problems. Sure. No, we, we
1: we try and think a little bit different that's
0: all creativity is the the art of the game and 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 I think first question if we just kind of we get into it like you know the the question that I get asked the most is like even just at a high level why is considering which entity structure to buy and why is that critical like why is that even important isn't suburb selection and all that other stuff more important but what's what's in this
1: I guess from a really high-level point of view, I mean, there are some savings that you can have with one is land tax. So if you have all your eggs in one basket, eventually you run out of room for land tax, um, and the state government will start hitting you with an additional tax, which um, you yeah, know is not is not a great thing. It just costs money, and you shouldn't have to have to pay extra money for that sort of stuff. Um, From a high level also, depending upon your risk profile, um, you know, it might be worthwhile to protect your assets within a trust structure. Um, In certain circumstances, um, it it works, others it doesn't. Um, And then third of all, you know, ultimately with a trust, especially discretionary trusts, positively geared properties, you know, you've got excess income which means they need to be distributed the profits need to be distributed so if you have a choice as to where to distribute the profits to versus being stuck with an individual ownership then obviously you could potentially mitigate some tax exposure and cheapen your overall burden of tax they're your main sort of three critical 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 points that you need um but that being said asset protection isn't always know it's not 100 protected because your seed capital is also important in a trust okay um because it would be in as a loan and that's still an asset of yours so you, you may unwittingly you know unravel your asset protection by not doing it properly
0: okay yeah gotcha and you know like certainly when i was started in property investing people talk about buying in your own name they say that's the simplest way which is true then some people say to buy in a trust you've just touched on that and then there were some fancy companies that were talking about hybrid trusts and then some people were telling me to buy in company structure because that's what they had done in the U.S. and you know or or overseas and they'd said you know always invest in the company structure so obviously none of this is personal advice but like what are the, you've kind of touched on the key tenets, but like for someone who doesn't know anything, what are the sort of key pros and cons of buying in a in your personal name versus a trust yeah. versus a company?
1: Yeah, so usually it centers around, obviously an individual in a trust um, can achieve what they call the CGT discount on the sale of the property, okay? Whereas a company doesn't get that. So by that, I mean, any capital gain on the sale of a property, you get half of it tax-free if you own it in an individual name or a trust, okay? Whereas a company, you don't, you just, whatever the profit is, you pay a flat 30% and then it's in the company and to get it out, you have to pay dividends down. So the profits come out via dividends, which means if your personal income rate is high actually pay a higher rate of tax overall. Now, that's not saying companies are not good entities to have, They to hold property. It just depends on your overall structure um, because sometimes when you get to a certain level, companies, you can invest in property because you save um, some top, what we call top-up tax. If you're in business, you get to save it on one side, Um, Mm. So you get more money to be able to use as deposits. But ordinary, you know, sort of people that don't have elaborate structures, we usually head towards holding, appreciating assets within, you know, an individual or a trust structure just because you achieve the CGT discount, okay?
0: Yeah, gotcha. And I think one thing I just wanted to touch on, like, you know, all over the internet you see people, I shouldn't say people, companies advertising that you should buy an investment property to save tax. You know, you buy, everyone's heard of that, right? You're smiling, so I know we're on the same page on this, right? Brand new house land package or whatever it is out in the sticks. And it's, you know, huge depreciation benefit. And someone unwittingly or unknowingly from Sydney, Melbourne, let's say buys in Brisbane out in the fringe areas, brand new place because they've been sold you know, the fact that they're going to be able to save lots of tax. And for them, you know, they're on the highest tax bracket making 200, 200 plus K um, a year. And they're like, well, no brainer, right? Like, let's save some tax. Um, Like, in my mind, it never makes sense to lose a dollar to get 50 cents back. But like, what's been your experience with that? Is that something that you think is just a terrible strategy or could it work or, you know, I know that do you have to pay some of that depreciation back to the ATO if you sell it? Could you, in the future, could you just kind of cover that Emmanuel?
1: Yeah, look, um, I agree with you PK that to hand over $1 in cash, especially cash to get 50 cents back, you know, seems silly because the property price has to obviously go up in value by at least that amount every year that you own it to break even, let alone account for, for, winning okay now the depreciation deductions that you're talking about you know it's usually in your purchase price. so you've outlaid it it's borrowed you get these depreciation deductions but so the depreciation parts are okay it's your capital works they call it so to do with the building costs so um, basically what happens is they need to get added back to the calculation of your capital gains overall capital gains tax um, so, even though you get the deduction, the taxman claws some back up the sale of the property as well. So, it's not all tax-free unless you own the property, um, pretty the rules coming in, which yeah, for most people today, it's not going to be applicable. So, there is a clawback provision within the mm-hmm. tax law as well. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%, Pika. It's still going to be a sound investment choice. Um, rather than doing anything for a tax deduction, that just doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah. So is this a is it a fair summation then to say, let's say you bought a property and there's ten thousand dollars of capital works depreciation per annum. So you know you hold that thing for ten years. Um, obviously that improves your cash flow, saves tax in those ten years. Yeah. But ten thousand per year times ten years, a hundred thousand. When you sell that that 100,000 gets added to any capital gains. And so correct. therefore you have to pay your marginal tax rate at that? Correct, cool. correct, yep. Cool. So, so it does, yeah,
1: it claws it back that way. So yeah. it takes it away. It takes it away from your cost base, so. Right,
0: so short-term benefit, long-term pain sort of thing. Yep, it's still got to make
1: sense from a investment choice. That's how I always look at it.
0: Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. And, and maybe like a little bit of an intricate question, if you don't mind, yeah. um, for business owners, you know, a whole bunch of property investors are business owners. And I see on forums and, I, you know, barbecue talks, people throw around terms like bucket companies and, you know, which before started starting working, you know, when we started having discussions, I, I fully didn't recognize the importance of myself, if I'm telling you the truth. um. For business owners who are buying investment properties and a little bit more sophisticated, how should they structure things? You know, obviously, just general advice, but yeah. maybe personal name isn't the best, maybe in a company or maybe in a yeah. trust is better. And how does like the bucket company, how does that sort of help?
1: Yeah, so I guess bucket companies are like, a I call them the family bank for the, for the group. So usually... The, the the trust a trust within a family group will feed profits into a bucket company so everyone else what it means is everyone else's taxable income has been maximized up to potentially you know up to the top of the 2.5 or top of the 37% bracket and we don't want to pay higher rates. So we say look we don't want to pay that rate we'd rather pay a corporate tax rate. So therefore the trust will distribute to the bucket company rules have been in place now that the ato wants you to push the cash into these bucket companies so as long as you do that you know you, you don't have to comply with other more complex rules under the division division 7a regime so once this money is in there though you've got to still decide what to do with it so this is where we I talked about earlier where sometimes you know, it might make sense to go, well, I've only paid a 30% tax rate. I'm gonna buy properties in companies because I don't wanna pay any further. That was the whole point of distributing to the company. You don't wanna pay that, what we call top up tax. So you go, well, look, you know, and as the numbers get bigger, so if you're talking about a million dollars, there's a sort of a, you know, a bigger tax saving to be had by achieving a 30% tax rate and they can be used then for your deposit. So that means you have to borrow less going forward. Or you can spread it out over a number of opportunities. And you say, well, I'm going to give away the CGT discount. I know that. But if you're an accumulator of, uh, of property, then I'm not selling. So CGT isn't really that big a, a deal for me. Um, mm-hmm. And you get to keep that extra tax that would ordinarily have gone to the taxman to help purchase more properties and take advantage of opportunities as they come up so that's the good way that bucket companies are used Um, they're not just a tax minimization strategy Um, Mm -hmm. they can be used to help fund and grow wealth as well if used properly Okay.
0: okay so the bucket company by distributing income and having the bucket company as one of your beneficiaries you can pay that Thirty percent tax, and then invest from that bucket company into other properties. And as long as you're not using it for personal consumption, you've never had to pay. You top up. So if you,
1: yeah, if you utilize it, so a company to from company to company, you're outside the Division Seven A rules. But if you take the money from that bucket company and purchase a property in a trust, then you fall back into the into the rules, okay, of Division Seven A, which means. Have to make minimum repayments and and you know it might and it's over a shorter period of time, over seven years, so it does place some cash flow strain on repayment cycle. So it's it does get a bit more complex, and everybody's circumstances might be different. But um, in its pure form, if you just use a bucket company and then acquire investments from there in other corporates, you can kind of delay or avoid not avoid but (laughs) defer paying any top-up tax legitimately um, but you 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 cross that off with not having a cgt discount on the sale of the property if you keep using corporates okay
0: yeah Yeah.
1: so that's why the use of 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 companies to buy property is sometimes you it's more akin to people in business that don't want to pay that top-up tax versus salary and wage earners or you know people with other circumstances
0: okay yeah i think that's the way i sort of assimilate it in my mind as well if you're a, a wage earner payg then in most instances not not every instance but in most instances it makes more sense to buy in your own name or yeah. in a let's say a discretionary trust or something yeah. like that yep. and if you do have a business then that's when it starts to make sense to buy in a corporate and a company and and utilize the bucket at least considering
1: it in that fashion anyway right
0: right? yeah and obviously it's it's a bit of a
1: different way of thinking but it it, you save on one side but you give away something on the other so you just got to balance it out yeah
0: what's
1: what's most important
0: there's no perfect structure that's what you always say so (laughs) never (laughs) making those (laughs) trade-offs and and so like let kind of ask you a question right like and I'm I'm asking this from the perspective of having people learn from this. What's kind of like, you know, the biggest structure fail or mistake that I don't know, maybe you've made or you one of your clients has made that, you know, you were kind of just when you saw it, you were like, you know, fell off your chair and you're like oh, that, like that's literally losing thousands or tens of thousands or hundred thousand. What can people learn from that?
1: I can tell you, it was one of my good mates actually. He went to <laughs> some property this is years ago went to some property seminar then turned up into my office with this brand new trust with a corporate trustee and uh, contract for this property that he just purchased as a result as well and anyway i kind of worked through and i went okay well you are a salary and wage earner you don't have any risk well I, sorry i'll come back i said I, why did you do this he goes oh asset protection and tax benefits and I said okay but you didn't ask me about this and he said okay no I said well let's break it down you're a salary and wage earner and you're going to be forever because that's that's, and he is still to this day Mm -hmm. so I said your risk of getting sued for what is he goes oh there's none I said okay so that was not a good thing to do it for I said, this property is negatively geared and you've got massive, you know, these depreciation deductions. So you're in a loss position. And he said, oh, can't I offset them against my personal tax? I said, no, because the loss stays in the trust. So your whole um, tax benefit is locked. So I said, you've pretty much done it for no good real reason. I said, just out of interest also, how much did you, Pay for this trust because I did. And he said, Oh, I think in the day it was $3,000. And I said, Okay, because that's a lot of money on top of it. So I said, "Mm." So that's probably the biggest fail I've ever seen in my entire life from everywhere because he didn't come and talk to his accountant, who's his friend, first (laughs) on top of (laughs) it. So let's just say it was um, an interesting conversation that we had.
0: And then there's a maintenance cost, right? Like it's not just $3,000 one off to maintain a trust. And this is the thing, right? And I don't know if you agree Emmanuel, but try to keep it simple. Like most people should just try to keep their structuring simple. Yes, you should chat to someone like Emmanuel to see if there's something where you can optimize things. But for most people keeping it simple is the cheapest and most effective way anyway.
1: And yeah, I'm, I'm all for that as well, because there's no point in complicating people's lives for no good reason. Um, there has to be a good reason for why you would structure. Otherwise, there's no point.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I, could t- I mean, you're infinitely more experienced than I am in terms of all the structure stuff, but... As you know, Emmanuel, our structure is, is not the simplest anymore. And it just, no. to some extent just goes over my head. So yeah, take it from me. Keep it simple. Otherwise, you need like yeah. a, a flow map just to kind of you know, on a whiteboard to just understand visualize what's happening it, yeah. with your money, visualize. And that's for most people, that's not a good good place to be.
1: <laughs> no, don't don't you don't need structures. Um, you know, if you don't need it, like there's no purpose yeah. in doing it. And yes, circumstances change. But that's why I think it's important to sort of talk to somebody who understands this stuff and then, because we'll ask questions usually about, yes, your current circumstances, but what are your kind of your crystal ball a little bit and your intentions going forward and and life changes as well. So, you know, the biggest thing with property is every time you you want to change ownership or something like that, stamp duty comes into play and you don't really want to have that horrible waste of money for nothing okay so that's just something that you should always always kind of be mindful of have an idea for now but half an eye on the future a little bit as well so
0: right and i suppose that's where your tax accountant comes into it having half an eye for the future asking those questions at least letting you know what's what's possible like there's an element of people like me may we don't know what we don't know, perhaps, especially if you're brand new. So I think that's where the accountant comes in. And and so how, like maybe last question, if you don't mind, Emmanuel, yeah. obviously, you know, I, I highly recommend you from AH um, Jackson, but let's say, you know, people aren't interested in working with you. And by the way, I should say, you know, an, an accountant is a national license, so he doesn't need to be state by state or no. or anything like that. But how, how does one go about, let, let's say they don't know anything, how does one go about finding a good accountant, uh, someone that will actually help them?
1: I always find, even in my own network, word of mouth is still the greatest um, greatest thing you can have. So if your contacts, people you rely upon or trust are suggesting someone, at least go and have a talk to them, have, have a talk to a couple of people, to be honest, because personality has to come into it as well, because you could have greatest account but if you don't like them you're not going to communicate with them really at the end of the day and you need to have that interaction in my mind but I still think personal connections and personal referrals or from people you trust is always a a good way to start don't believe the advertisements is my my view as well
0: (laughs) no for sure and that that's how I sort of found most of my team um, as well, so I can totally sort of agree with that. And a bit of a controversial thing that I'll say is like, you know, if an accountant has been around for a while and they need to advertise to get clients, then there's not a blanket rule, but there seem there might be something dodgy with that because if they're experienced and they need, to, you're seeing their adverts everywhere and they're kind of in your face, then. The, either they've scaled too much and you know you're not going to get that personal service or for some reason they're turning over clients that's that's just a kind of a generalization just mm. from my personal experience but yeah go, go with someone that a friend of a friend someone who you can trust and uh, for me definitely emmanuel from ah jackson is is someone like that he's based in brisbane obviously you don't need to use him you can find someone yourself but yeah it's a national license but thank yeah. you yeah. Th- I mean, first of all, thanks for everything you do for me. And thank yeah, it's you a for, for making time. Any last comments or value bombs, as they say, that you want to um, leave behind?
1: Uh, there's, there's. Make sure you talk to someone who can help advise you because the other point that we put in touch on is you know, make sure you structure your loans correctly to take advantage of interest deductions and things like that as well. So um, you've got to do it in a particular way to make sure that you get your interest deductions so that's the other that's the other big thing that i see but just um your best to talk to somebody get some advice that way it's done properly and you ma- can maximize any tax benefits that you can okay
0: yeah that's what i sure. say to you yeah for sure no that's a good call out offsets versus redraws and that's a whole whole thing that we can go into as well but thank you emmanuel and and no thanks problems. everyone i hope they got that sort of gave you value. It's kind of a a really deep topic and you can go, you know, really deep into particular tentacles of it and it gets really niche real quickly. So I just wanted to leave it at that high level and I wish you all the best with your property investing. Catch you later, thanks Emmanuel.